This is episode 401 of The Amy Ayler Show, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit During a Global Pandemic. And show notes for today's episode can be found at amyaylorshow.com forward slash 401. The Amy Ayler Show is especially for powerful women that are ready to stop being so darn hard on themselves so they can end the never enough cycle and rise into the leader they were born to be, whether in the boardroom or in their very own home. And for today's episode, I invited my dear friend, mastermind buddy, and fellow self-help author, Andrea Owen, to the show to show us the way through the insanity that we're in. Andrea Owen is an author, global speaker, and professional certified life coach who helps high-achieving women let go of perfectionism, control, and isolation, choosing courage and confidence instead. She's the host of the uber-popular Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. If you're not a listener, make sure to check it out. And she's also the proud author of How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, 14 Habits That Are Holding You Back from Happiness, which has been translated into just, you know, 18 languages and is available in 22 countries, as well as her first book, 52 Ways to live a kick-ass life. You're going to love today's episode. We go there about the very first necessary step to releasing resistance to this crazy pandemic that we're in and stepping into surrender. We're also going to talk about the keys to creating connection during isolation and why numbing is a necessary tool and the difference between numbing and addiction. You are going to love today's episode. And without further ado, on with the show. So I am so excited that you're here with me, Andrea. I cannot think of anyone better to talk about a global pandemic with (laughs) than you, because you are just one of those women that really do know how to help us stop feeling like shit. And we're going to go there today and talk about all the things because this is such a crazy time. So yeah. 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 So tell me, how are you personally doing, personally, professionally, during this global pandemic? What's shaken for you? Yeah, well, it's funny. When I record things for people, I always tell them what date it is because things are changing so fast. It's like, let me give you yes. some context. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly, because we don't know. Like, we're pre-recording this, y'all. We don't know what's right. going to happen in the next in a week. days. Yeah. Right, so it's April 7th <laughs> yes. in the afternoon as we're recording this. and. Yeah. I'm better than I was a couple of weeks ago. I will tell you that, you know, the, the middle end of March, I think was so uncertain and, and weird and feeling out of control for all of us that I was having a really tough time then. So I've been using all my tools and just surrendering to whatever comes up and I'm a lot better now. So let's go there right now. What, cause I know there's people listening right now that are feeling completely out of control. They're resisting surrendering. Maybe there's people that have lost their jobs. Maybe there's people who have loved ones that are sick, or maybe there's someone listening that's sick themselves. Can you give us a tool for helping us release that control and step into surrender? You know, as I think back on on what it was for me that helped me surrender, and I, I don't think that surrender, like anything, is linear. Right. It ebbs and flows and goes in circles and backwards and forwards, and I think I first needed to have a good breakdown. I don't know about you. Yes. <laughs> I yes. had a few mini breakdowns and then I had one good big one. And it was it was probably like the week of March 16th when everything started to feel really, really serious and heavy when they were announcing 
they were announcing possible lockdowns. I think California, where you're at, was one of the first states that they said, you know, it was going to happen. They were in the process of closing restaurants and all of the places. And being, obviously, we've never been through this. And I was like, what the actual fuck is happening? And I was so worried about the global economy and like seeing what was happening overseas, et cetera, et cetera. Just went down this whole anxiety rabbit hole. And I have struggled with generalized anxiety disorder. I was diagnosed in 2003, but it, I feel like it peaked. I had postpartum anxiety really bad with my first child and it was bad to the point of, I had to be on disability. I couldn't drive. It was, it was really hard, but it's been manageable since then. I haven't been on medication. I've been using my tools, but it came back and reared its ugly head. And for a couple of days, you know, like the racing heart rate, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't calm down. My couldn't, I couldn't tell if I was hungry or if it was that feeling in like my diaphragm, you know, that anxious gut feeling. And I finally was like, I need to talk to somebody. And so I called my best friend, uh, texted her first. And I'm like, can you, t-? you know, cause like how often do we actually talk on the phone with people <laughs> other than, you know, people that are over 70 years old. Um, and I called her and just talked and cried for like 15 minutes straight. And, yeah. you know, we can talk about that because I don't, I don't, I think there's a lot of people listening who probably don't have that friend where they can do that mm. and walk away feeling so much better. But for me, that was the thing that like, I I allowed myself to have the breakdown that I needed to have, allow my body to kind of close the loop, if you will, and complete the circle of what was happening. Cause I kept trying to shove it down and I was making up stories like I'm better than this. I teach this for a living. This shouldn't be happening to me. I need to show up more all these shoulds. And I just let it kind of run its course. And then that (laughs) as I tell people all the time, like you need to let things run its course to get on the other side. And, And that's thankfully, I feel like where I'm at. I love that. So all of you listening, if you are feeling those feelings of anxiety, of worry, like you're out of control. Total catastrophe. That's where I was feeling. Right? Yeah, exactly. And and it's okay. And and by the way, you're not making this shit up. Like, no, it's... It's valid. There's, it's valid. It's very valid. And so feel the feelings first is what I hear you saying and allow mm-hmm. yourself to have that that breakdown, so to speak, and how wonderful to be able to have a friend, a loved one, a sister, husband, wife, whatever, to be able to do that with. And and I always feel like when I'm in that moment of having to do that, especially if I'm doing it with my husband, I have to say to him, I'm about to have like a little mini breakdown. I need you to just sit here with me while it happens. You don't have to fix it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to make me feel better. You don't have to try to cheer me the fuck up, right? Right. Like, actually just be here with me and let me do it because especially, you know, this is a gender stereotype, but I found it with a lot of men in my life, certainly not all men, but they go right into wanting to fix it. Fix it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I love that you called your bestie, who I also know, the incredible Amy Smith, who I love and adore. And we're able, because she's so brilliant, of course, she knew to just hold that space for you. Yeah. And I, I like that you said that too, because that's the same thing I do with my husband. Whenever I have to bring something big that's heavy for me, I preface it with, I'm about to tell you something. <laughs> I, I do this often, you know global pandemic aside, but when it's something that I got triggered by, mm. I that I'm upset about, I always preface it with, this has nothing to do with you and this is all my stuff and I need to tell you what happened. And, um, but, but for this, yeah, definitely preface it with, I don't need you to fix it, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm lucky enough where, you know, she and I have intentionally built this friendship over the last 10 plus years to where we know how to show up for each other. You know, we don't always do it perfectly, but it's a heck of a lot better than the friendships I had in my 20s where we just didn't know how to take care of each other. 
Right. Totally. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so if there's people listening that don't have someone that they can do that to, maybe it's about journaling it. Maybe it's about yelling into your pillow. Maybe, you know, what would you suggest for those people? I think that now is not, you know, I think now might be a great time for them to reach out to someone who has potential. It might not be the right time, but it might be for certain people. I always tell people, and I've written about this in my books, is is like find the person who has the most potential and have a conversation where you say something like, I have been really wanting to be a better friend lately. You can even, I always say, throw me under the bus if you need to. Like I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about (laughs) friendships or I was reading this book. And you know, I'm at a point in my life where adult female friendships are hard and I want to be intentional about it. And I would really like to show up the best way I can for you. And you might not be able to know how to answer this, but like, if you come to me with something hard, how do you want me to show up? Do you want me to give you a hug? Do you want me to cheer you up? Cause some people love that. Some people love to be right. geared up. They yeah. want you to put a silver lining on it, but we don't know that unless we ask. I love that. I love that so much. And I feel like during this time, where most of us are sheltering in place. Mm-hmm. We're spending an insane amount of time. If you have kids with your kids, if you have a partner, your wife, your husband, whomever, if your boyfriend, girlfriend, roommate, whatever, you know, if you live with others, it's a time where you're spending a lot of time with people. And that also means that there are people who are also desperate for contact for people outside their home. Yeah. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, because I know that there's so much isolation and I know that you have so much to share about isolation and it's something that's a big theme in your latest book as well. Yeah. I talk about isolation as one of the behaviors and habits that we do in order to try to be strong in order to, you know, because we make up stories about being vulnerable and, and sharing our you know, the parts of ourselves that we don't want other people to see or know about because we worry that we're going to get judged or criticized or we're going to fall into a shame spiral or all of these things that, I mean, I still worry about these things too. You know, just because I teach it doesn't mean I'm immune to it. Right. And, you know, the things that require us to be vulnerable, we'd, we'd really rather not. And I think that sometimes that works for a little while. You know, I also talk about hyper independence and how we romanticize this idea of, being this strong woman who does it all on her own and doesn't need, I don't need no man in my life, you know, right, 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 exactly. (laughs) Which part of me is like fist pumping to that. Like, yes, get it girl. And on the other hand, we can't go through life in a healthy manner and feel truly loved and supported without reaching out and showing people this, the side of ourselves that does have challenges and, and does sometimes fall apart. And this is, this doesn't happen overnight, you know, where we cultivate these kinds of friendships and, you know, we watch sex in the city and, and these, these shows where they, there's these friends and they're all having cocktails and like having these really difficult times together. And they either show up for each other or they get in these arguments where they circle back and hug it out. And it all kind of gets tied up with a pretty bow with the closing credits. And that's not how it really works. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's so much uncomfortable work involved. And I mean, I didn't, I'll be honest, like I didn't go into this friendship like willingly. Amy sort of, my other friend, Amy Smith, like kind of, she, I think she just came out of the womb like this and she's really <laughs> led the way. And I'm just lucky enough to be an innocent bystander. But the kind of one, two, threes of it is you have to be willing to sort of, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, like bear your soul and say what you mean in a kind and graceful and loving way. And 
be nice to each other and ask for what you need and ask for how you can show up for that person. Mm. Mm. I love that. And I think it is vulnerable to admit that you need other people. Yeah. And we really do. And there's people I know that are listening that are living alone right now who, you know, maybe feeling extra isolated. And I also know that there's introverts like massive introverts, mm-hmm. like Andrew and I are like the extroverts, extraordinary. It's we so are funny. The extrovert twins. I know, right? It's well, and it's like for me, this is my worst nightmare. Like I'm just yeah, like this same. is horrible. I was saying, I looked um, on Friday and I was looking at my calendar for the weekend and it was completely blank, and I literally broke down in tears. Oh my gosh, you did <laughs> nothing. There's nothing planned. And I was like, I just want to like go to brunch with my friends and then meet up with my friends for cocktails and going dancing mm-hmm. on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, but you know, like I just, I'm such a hyper extrovert. So for us, like, I love that meme. That's like introverts check on your extroverts friends. We are not, <laughs> not okay. Yeah. I feel yeah. that way. And then I know there's other introverts that are loving this downtime where the world is softer and quieter and it's okay to be inside all day and one like they look at their weekend with no plans and they're like bliss this oh, is yeah. bliss i don't like, even have to cancel on anybody it's already canceled <laughs> exactly yeah but i think regardless if you're an introvert or extrovert like we all need connection yes. i always say when i was younger and by younger i mean like in my 20s and i was behaving in a way that i look back on and i'm not proud of although i've done a lot of work on it and now i've forgiven myself i was just doing my best i had like zero tools mm. i was behaving and acting out because the thing i wanted more than anything was love and intimacy and trust and it was also simultaneously the thing i was the most terrified of yeah. and it's sort of a shit pickle to be in right like yeah okay <laughs> but we all want that whether we know it or not. It's just how we're wired as humans. Totally. Absolutely. And so reach out for connection, everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's one of the reasons why you and I are doing free calls right now. Why I know, you know, in our, whether it's Facebook groups or on our podcasts or whatever it is we're doing, there's so many people just gathering people virtually because we need that connection. Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with you if you need that connection. It's human. It's part of the human experience. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well, and I know that during this time when we have the worry, like we were talking about the worry, the anxiety, but not, you know, feeling out of control, trying to go into that space of surrender, maybe sometimes even succeeding. And then we have the isolation, connection, all of that. And then we come to the topic of numbing out, which I know so many of us, and I'm raising my hand here and nodding my head, completely Mm -hmm. telling on myself, participate in numbing out. How do you numb out? Because I also know that, Andrea, you're sober. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering, like, what do you feel about numbing out? And and are you numbing out? And if so, how are you numbing out? Yeah, that's such a great question. And and such a good topic because it was an entire chapter in my last book where I'm talking about just really confronting your numbing out. Not necessarily... My advice never is, you need to stop completely in order to have your best life. We do it. We do it. I do it. You do it. Like everybody is doing this particular hokey pokey. Yeah. So I I want to say now more than ever, if I look at all of the kind of habits that I tend to talk about the most, we talked about isolation. I talk about perfectionism a lot and people pleasing and numbing is one of them. If you're going to throw any of those out the window to just give yourself permission to do, numbing out is going to be it. Because I think, that, you know, and also a lot of what you and I talk about 
in terms of personal development and here are the tools that you need to live your best life. We're talking about when we're not in a global pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, right? So there might be some caveats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Just a little bit. We might need Just to give a ourselves bit. a like, little bit off the hook. Get right a now. little bit of slack here. And yeah. I feel like numbing out is one of them. I think that where I want people to be careful is if you are falling into a pattern where you're completely shutting all of your feelings down, where you're completely shutting people out. If you are someone who struggles in addiction, then you are someone I would, I would really, um, want to pay attention to your behaviors. If you know you struggle in those, as, as someone who identifies as an addict, you probably know yourself the best as, Mm -hmm. you know, I know what my thoughts and behaviors look like when I'm kind of in trouble. I'm using quotes over here, but I think, you know what, my God, if you're watching extra TV to not only pass the time, but to not think about how scary it is right now, then by all means do that. I am so over seeing all this advice about how you should limit your TV time and watch what you eat <laughs> and that you should be doing this. It's like, what the, f- like none of us have ever been through this right now. Right. Don't- <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no right way to schedule your time. Do what you need to do to get through day by day. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and for you, do you feel like there's a difference? I'm super curious about this. Is there a difference for you between escapism and numbing out? Um, That's such a good question. I I think that they definitely overlap, Yeah, but it, mm, I think probably mostly they are the same in that when we are numbing out, that's what we're after. Like that's the goal. Right, right, you're right. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. So it might just be semantics. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting because it's like, I think for me, the thing, and the thing that I've been, you know, talking to my clients about and and really honestly talking to myself, my inner mean girl, my inner wisdom, we're having a party over here, right? Every day, basically. (laughs) It's like, what, if I'm going to numb out, I want to do it consciously, it's like, if I go, oh my gosh, like my husband made the horrible error of finding these, like I have all these like crazy um, dietary restrictions that are happening okay. in my life right mm-hmm. now, right? So I'm not, I don't eat the gluten. I don't eat the, which I have, I've been gluten-free for a long time, but I don't eat the dairy. I don't eat the eggs now. I don't eat the soy. I don't eat the corn, blah, blah, blah. It's just a nightmare, but it's actually really working well and is completely worth it for, you know, me feeling the best I can in my body and some health stuff that's been going on. But what I will say is that he came home the other day with dark chocolate coconut macaroons that were gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, like all the freeze. Emmy's wow. is the brand, by the way, E-M-M-Y apostrophe S. Yes, I then bought 17 packs on Amazon that got to oh my house because I was like, these are the best things I've ever had. They're made with dark cacao. Like there's very little sugar in them. And I was like, oh no, like this is like, this is like, it's on people. Like, yeah. I just was like, wow. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm in a global pandemic. I don't really eat very much sugar normally. I'm, I'm really following my dietary guidelines to the best of my capabilities right now. And yeah, every day, multiple times a day, I'm going to go in the kitchen and I'm going to have one of these on those macaroons. You know, macaroons. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do it consciously. I'm going to actually enjoy it. Enjoy I'm them. Yeah. For it. I'm not going to like beat myself up too much, maybe a little bit, but not too much for it. And I'm going to say, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to give myself permission. And I feel like 
That's the same thing. Like I'm a major TV person. I always have loved TV. I think TV is amazing. I love everything from like- There's so much good TV I mean, there's so much good TV. Like I'm like- Rob and I are freaking out about Ozark. We just finished the third. Oh, the show gives me such anxiety, but oh, I love Jason Bateman. I, yeah, I, I know it is anxiety <laughs> producing, but it's so <laughs> worth it. And I'm like, well, at least I'm not, like, I literally will have a thought. At least I'm not participating in a major drug cartel. At least I didn't get involved <laughs> with the Mexican drug cartel. <laughs> at least that's not, how, that's not how I make my living. Although maybe they'd be exempt from the global economic crisis right. we're in right now. I don't know. But it's like, I am going to watch my darn TV shows. For me, I love to have a glass of wine at night, you know, whatever it is. But like you said, there's a difference between numbing out consciously escapism and then hardcore addiction. Yeah. And, and so for you, like when these kind of things happen, do you have those addict behaviors come up? Like I was talking to a friend of mine who's been sober for, she just passed 10 years. And she said to me, you know, it's really funny. I haven't wanted to drink but I have wanted a cigarette, which she gave up smoking when she gave up drinking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so for you, do those cravings come up? Oh, 100%. I, you okay. know, the last time I had a craving like this was probably in 2016 when my dad died. Yeah. And, and the election was three weeks later. So it was like, oh my yeah. God, kick me while I'm down. That yeah. was super rough. And But I, I took care of myself. I knew exactly what I needed to do. And I think the sign of someone who has strong recovery is not so much that they never have a craving again, is that they catch their craving as like the instant it pops into their mind and they take action to remedy that. So what that looks like for us is reaching out to somebody else who's in recovery and having a conversation. For some people, it's going to a recovery meeting. Yep. Um, it might be doing some reading around recovery, like whatever it is that, that you need to do to take care of yourself. And as the years go by, we get better and better at that. Um, yeah, mine, a hundred percent. It it really, you know, I am recovering from being a pretty severe codependent and a love addict, and um, a and booze was like just my latest thing. And you know, it's interesting. Even I'll just give you a quick example of what the other behaviors might look like besides yeah. going to drink or smoke cigarettes and things like that. So when my dad died in twenty sixteen, I. An, an ex-boyfriend had reached out on Facebook over Messenger and just and just offered his condolences and just said, you know, your dad was such a nice guy. I'm really just sorry to, to hear. I'm just something nice, you know. And then I responded yeah. and we kind of went back and forth, I don't know, maybe like three or four times. And he's married with kids and lives in another state. And he sent me an e- his last message. It was it was an email where it's like, it's wrapped up. Like I didn't need to respond type of email. You know right, how that, right, that right. goes. Right. And I remember feeling sad and abandoned in that moment and wanting so badly to respond. I was like, I don't want this conversation to be over. I want him to make me feel better. Mm. And that to me, luckily, I know very quickly what that is. That is my the addict in me who is wanting relief from how I'm feeling. So I'm going to look for it in some kind of behavior, whether that's drinking, whether that's a conversation with a good looking man. Do you know what I mean? So I think that um, it's it's really healthy to know what your behaviors look like. And what I like to say is like, when you're in trouble, that's a red flag for me. And that just goes from doing the work, you know, just yeah. you're, probably your friend too. Like, it's probably not a good idea for her, for her to have a, have a cigarette because that can just like start the chain reaction down the right. pathway. We tend to know ourselves the best. And I immediately told a friend about that. It, it, it can seem like, oh, that's just innocuous. You know, it's no big deal. It's just a, someone offering his condolences. And I'm like, mm, 
But to an addict, that can just send us down the path of no return. Yeah. No, I totally get that where there's that line that suddenly is crossed and I can imagine it's like the beast is awakened. Mm -hmm. That's insatiable and is like, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more. And I feel like, you know, I don't identify as being an addict, but I feel like I have that part in me too, where it's like, huh, like where that part that feels insatiable, that part that feels like it's never going to be enough. Yeah. And just wants relief. Like we all want relief. We all want to change the way that we feel. But for addicts, I don't know if you can hear my dog sneezing. She's she's agreeing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for addicts, we we take it past just going for a walk to practice self-care or having one glass of wine to practice self-care. We take it to the stream, to the extreme, and someone in recovery knows that it's never just one drink. It's never just one Facebook messenger conversation. It's never just one cigarette. We call that, there's a saying in Alcoholics Anonymous, and they say, think through the drink. Mm. where you can translate that to think through any behavior really. And for someone who really struggles with maybe um, binge eating, maybe they need to think through the macaroon. You know, maybe it's never just like three macaroons for them. It's an entire box. Right. Right. I I totally get that. And I can totally see how that snowball. And I, I remember my friend Maria a long time ago, she was, she's an actress and she was on set and she came up to... Um, you know, where they do the the food and all that for everybody. And her favorite bonbon dessert was there. And she was uh-huh. like, oh my gosh. She was like, and I like took that bonbon. I was like, oh yeah. Like, and she was like dancing and eating the bonbon. And then she had another one. And then she had another one. And then she had another one. And she was like, and now I just, now I'm not enjoying it at all anymore. Yeah. Now it just like went over the edge of where it's not enjoyable at all. There's no savoring. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous, like shoving it in her mouth. And she was like, why? Like, I don't, I don't, I just want to have the three and enjoy all three of them and then walk away so that yeah. it doesn't like go to that place of feeling ashamed where it's like making her feel sick and she's on set. Like, hello, like you don't want to be at craft services feeling like crap before you're about to go on camera for your scene, you know? Like, hello. yeah, but when we're deep in our, in our addiction, like yeah. we don't think that far through. Right. We just think about the immediate relief that we're feeling right. from the one, two, three, four bonbons. Right. And it's it's really interesting to be on the other side of it and hear stories like that because I too wish that I could just have like one or two drinks. Right. I do. And I think that people who really struggle, we all want that. Right. <laughs> no one wants right. to be the person who falls off the edge after three drinks and can't stop. And then every time we drink, we're constantly trying to get back to that place of where we can just have like three drinks and enjoy a warm buzz, but we, we can't. Right. So I just love your honesty about this. And I just want everyone listening, if you're resonating with this, or if this is like you have that part of you, your inner wis- wisdom is whispering to you right now, pay attention. Ding, ding, ding. That's you. Ding, ding, ding. If, this, like, if you're looking for a sign. Yeah. <laughs> this can be your sign. And we're not suggesting that you need to get sober during a global pandemic unless you do. 
Unless you do. Yeah. You can talk to me about it. Um, but you have an amazing series on that on your podcast. Can you, I don't know, can you give that? Yeah, we can throw it in the show notes or your kickasslife.com slash recovery. There is, I think 20 episodes where I interview people who all, you know, all kinds of different stories, but mostly women with what we call high bottoms. So, you know, you probably would look at them and not think that they had a drinking problem and they did and they got sober. And so there's also some solo episodes about how I got, how I stayed sober through the death of my father and that kind of thing. Awesome. I love that. So we will put the, that in the show notes, everyone, because I just think you're such an incredible resource. And I always love when you post something on social media, like the reminder of having, and I love this so much because I, I did about six months where I wasn't drinking at all because I wanted, I was getting in tip top condition over here. And it was like, yeah, you go to a party and, and like, as you put it, like someone's like, here's the juice box for my kid. Cause they have nothing cool to nothing serve people. Else. Yeah. So I'm always like, I, I remember we did a, um, for my husband's 50th birthday party, we did a party at a wine bar and I had the best bottles of kombucha for Ooh. all the people that showed up that oh, were nice. sober. I was like, do you want a kombucha? And they like their whole face lit up. They were so happy. Yeah. They could have kombucha, like that someone instead of tap water. water. <laughs> exactly. Instead <laughs> of tap water. I did have nice bottled water too, but it was like, you know what? Hello, you're here. I'm celebrating you. You get to, pr-. and like, I put it in like a wine glass if they wanted or not. Cause for uh-huh. some they don't want it in a wine glass. And I'm like, cool, whatever works. But it's just like, you know, be thoughtful about that. We like, like nice beverages too. Just because we do. don't drink alcohol doesn't mean... Right. <laughs> we deserve nice beverages. And when all of this pandemic is over and all of you are throwing amazing barbecues and parties and all the things, you know, give a tip of the hat to the sober friends out there and have yeah. some nice... Oh, thank you. Very cocktails for them. All right. So now... Before we go, we have to mention, there's a question that I ask all my guests, but I'm going to do that at the very end. Okay. I want to know, um, let's talk a little bit because if you have been jamming with us here and resonating with Andrea and I, we have something really fun coming up and I would love for you to share that with everybody, what the two of us are doing. I am so excited to do this with you Me and too. you know, you and I have been friends for a long time, but we've... Yes. We've never done any kind of joint project together like this. And since we're both authors, we've both been published traditionally twice, we thought, you know, what better thing to do than than have a free call and help people through their writing project. So it's not necessarily for people who want to write a book or even even write a a novel or anything like that. Like if you just want to journal your way through this pandemic, because for me, journaling, I was just... I was just writing an email about this and, and I found a mad letter that I had written in 2006 after my whole life fell apart and I got conned and was left and I was pregnant. It's just a long story for another time. But my therapist had encouraged me to write a mad letter before I can write this, my ex-boyfriend, a healthy, clear letter where I was communicating my feelings. Hmm. And I'll tell you what, like that writing that kind of thing helped me get to where I am today. Because if you don't write out your feelings, they still live inside of you and then they fester and then it can, it cannot be healthy, but I just, I'm so grateful for all those writing exercises that I had. And that's what we are going to talk about on this call is like, what, how do you, how do you do these things? Do I just sit down and journal? And we have lots of, lots of tips coming up April 22nd. Yes. Three o'clock Eastern time, noon Pacific. We're calling it top 10 kick-ass tips to get your project done and out the door. (laughs) So you can check that out at wakeupcallcoach.com forward slash project. That's wakeupcallcoach.com forward slash project. It will also be in the show notes. You can sign up, join us for free. We're going to really reveal tips for completing projects that mean the world to you. We figure 
a lot of us are staying at home and this is not like a pressured field thing where we're like, get this project done in six weeks. Mm-mm. Not like that. It's really about coming together in community. We're working on helping people get their writing out into the world if they want it to go out in the world. Or like Andrea said, maybe there's some poetry that you want to do that's just for you or you want to follow your muse and explore something that's on your heart or maybe something about surrender has come up during this call or maybe there's something about numbing that's come up during this call and you want to write about it. Come and we're going to give some really fun kick-ass tips to help that writing project get off the ground in whatever way it's supposed to. I'm really proud of our list. I was looking at our notes and I'm like, I wish that I would have had this list back in 2007 when I started a blog because I made up so many stories of how it was supposed to look and what my writing process was supposed to be, how that was supposed to be. And I just, these are tips to just kind of give you permission to do it your way, but also be productive if, if you have the energy to do so. I love it. So true. So we hope that you will join us April 22nd, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Again, wakeupcallcoach.com forward slash project. And if you can't make it on the live call, which we highly uh, you know, recommend coming live, mm-hmm. you'll get to chat with other people on the call. You can even, we'll probably even have some time for some questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so come live if you can, but if you can't make it live, sign up anyway, and we'll shoot you over the recording. A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. So before we go, here's my final question. What is messy and what's magical about your life these days, Andrea Owen? Well, I think it's obvious what's messy, right? (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? This question usually packs a powerful punch, but right now, hello. It's obvious. Yeah. It's just, you know, my day-to-day actually hasn't changed a whole lot. It's just except that everybody's here. Right. So it's, it's messy with, with homeschool, you know, and if those of you are parents who are trying trying to do this and like no one really has any answers, there's still there's so much uncertainty with everything. Also with that is this school year. Um, no one really knows. And also what's magical is, I think there's a couple of things that are magical. It's getting to spend so much time with my family. Like, yeah. I'm so grateful that we get along so well and that my kids get along so well. That's really magical. And then also getting, having to dream about how things are going to change for the better after this. I have so many hopes for our society and our culture and for the world. I'm like, what if, what if this changes? What if, I mean, I could go off the deep end with that talking about like all the changes I'd like to see politically and culturally, but I'll save it. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think there is a real opportunity for hope. So with that, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We're so excited to see you at our top 10 kick-ass tips to get your project done and out the door call coming up and keep embracing the messiness and the magic of this uncertain, chaotic, crazy, and magical adventure that we're on and we're in right now. I'm sending you all so much love. Until next time, it's Amy signing off. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.